To Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. Hosts Rich and Susan Kohlenberg found freedom from 25 years of out-of-control drug and alcohol addiction. They are living testimonials, and in their series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain, Rich and Susan share messages on the problems we face and how Jesus Christ is the remedy to reasoning and thinking right thoughts. Learn how to break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we want to thank everybody for stopping in again today, um, listening to our series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain. And uh, do you need to be born again? We all need to be born again. Why? Because there was something wrong with the first birth. That's right. We, we got an infection, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to continue talking about that infection. Um, maybe before we get going, Susan, would you uh, open with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you once again that you give us an opportunity to examine um, what it means to be someone lost in sin, and, and not only that, but someone to be restored into um the original plan that you had for each one of us help us all to see where we're at in this in this process and to engage in a more fuller way in your plan of salvation your plan of healing for each and every one of us and then only that but help others too to be saved and we thank you in jesus name amen amen thank you Mm -hmm. you know the bible seems to explode when we look at it through this new lens this this lens that that we're not born guilty, we're born infected with fear and selfishness. You see, you have to make an immoral decision to be found guilty. Did you choose to be born selfish and afraid? You know, John 3.17 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but through the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And that word saved is sozo in the Greek, and it means to save, Deliver, protect, heal, preserve, do well, make whole. In other words, to be healed from this condition of fear and selfishness. Right, and uh, David explains it in Psalm 51.5 when he says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. David right there acknowledges that he has a birth defect, but he is looking to God to be set right. The Hebrew says that we are born perverse, but we are not born guilty. As some translations say, guilt is guilt involves a choice. So David has this condition, and then he chose to follow that sinfulness. Mm-hmm. Instead and of going to God with his fear and selfishness and his desires, he chose to engage, engage. in his desires. Right? And after he engages, then he chooses to go to God. Right. Right? Yes. Which is what we all do. Yes. We engage, we try it out. We get and, and right, and so Jesus was the exact opposite. Before he engaged, he went directly to God, you know, and, and God gave him the victory over those sinful, selfish desires. Yeah, and so what it boils down to is it, it's our condition that condemns us. God doesn't have to. If you, if you go out in your orchard and you find fire blight on the leaves, which is something we get on our apple trees every once in a while, it just tears them up. Right. You don't have to condemn the tree. Right. The condition already does. The tree's condition already condemns it. What your tree needs now is for you to intervene. 
and to help it to get well. Right. Just like when a person has pneumonia, um, they don't need to be condemned no. by the doctor. They need to go to the doctor and have him intervene in their situation to intercede, to restore their lungs back to a healthy state. Right. You know, we want to take, they want, we want the doctor to take vengeance on the disease, not on the patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, and, and the Bible's a medical record is what it is. It's case histories of how the doctor treats his patients and how the patients respond. How many doctors are there in the Bible? Two. One is real. The other's a quack. Who's the other doctor? Uh, we are the other doctor. We are the other doctor. And I guarantee we prescribe the wrong treatment every single time. Yep. But we also have, on the other side of the of the, the aisle, is the great physician, the one who has never lost a patient and that has trusted him fully. So John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that, that whosoever believeth, whoever trusts in the doctor, in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So, and it's, it's all psychological. Where, 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 are the, where are the psychological areas where the quack does his work? Um, our, it's our genetic vulnerabilities. Ooh, that's a mouthful. Genetic yes. vulnerabilities. It's what, what was passed down once Adam chose to distrust God and to trust the devil. He moved, he changed his brain and his state of being and his mind into a selfish, self-centered, untrusting, fear-based individual. And we've felt the results from that ever since. And so the Bible kind of describes it as lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Correct. Sensualism, materialism, and egoism. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, we talked last time about that we were going to bring up a book uh, called Could It Be This Simple?, and we're going to have that available for you if you want to call in. It's uh, call in at 916-645-1297 for a copy of that. And it talks about what we're going to be talking about today. And it, it, it it's a book that has just really changed and, and expounded the Bible to help us to understand things and to help people, to help us all to get to a place where we have more and more uh recovery a more closer walk with God. Yeah, it's it's could it be this simple a biblical model for healing the mind. Uh so let's go through. Now what we're going to do is we're going to analyze uh some stuff here because it's this is really interesting these passions that drive us. Um let's go back. We have sensualism, materialism and ego egoism, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. And I want to look through these. Sensualism, those are your animal passions. Those are the passions that drive us. Food, Sex, okay? Sensualism. The next one, of course, is materialism. That's greed, basically. And that would be lust of the eyes. And, of course, egoism, and that's pride. That's, that's, your, uh, that's your pride. Okay. Okay? So if we go for a little bit further into descriptive uh, use of what, what's going on here, we can talk about sensualism, and they are the people who... Um, who will uh, suffer with substance addictions, sex addicts, overeaters. It's all about the body and feeling better. With egoism, these are the people that um, worship their, their own opinions. I hate to say this, but sometimes politicians and even religious leaders in Christ's day suffered with egoism. They, Their opinion uh, rose, you know, they, they always had to be right. Right. It, when the arg- argument... Um, Truth goes out the windows for the sake of winning the argument. Right. Uh, now, these 
and and, the, and always the, needing to be above others. Yeah, I mean, really, in reality, there's no such thing as a drug pusher because it's a supply and demand. Right. But there are lie pushers, mm-hmm. and the Pharisees were pushing lies in Christ's day. See, there's right. a huge difference. Right. These people worship their own own opinion to the extent where they push that opinion upon you. Right, and and Jesus came to bring the light into the world. He was the light of the world That's to dispel right. the darkness that the Pharisees and the religious leaders had at that time. Right, and then of course we have materialism, and these are um, the people that are uh, either gambling, wanting more, shopaholics, and those who can't see they never get enough. So you just are always looking for more. Okay, yeah. So boil it down, sensualism. These people find security in feeling better. Materialism, these people find security in looking better. And egoism, these people find security in already knowing better. Now, what is security? Basically, it's emotional pain relief. Mm -hmm. Psychological fig leaves, if you will. So let's review the cycle of addiction and see how this all fits in. First, you have emotional pain from whatever or wherever wherever, because we live on a sinful planet. Mm Mm-hmm. So we Mm self-medicate. What that means is we indulge in either sensualism, materialism, or egoism. Mm -hmm. We get temporary relief, but the problem is we have guilt from what we did as we Mm self-medicated. You ever do anything really brilliant when you Mm self-medicated? No. No, we don't do smart things. So we get guilt from the self-medication, which is emotional pain. So we self-medicate again indulging once again in sensualism, materialism, and egoism. We get temporary relief, but then we incur guilt again. You see? Wow, you know, that that's just like I'm thinking of my own life and how that's just the so— The cycle? Yeah, the cycle. I mean, I can—ah, oh boy, I could just see so many areas in my life that I that I participate in that, and it's you just keep on going back it's to cyclical. it. cyclical, yeah. You're, you're looking for relief where you're never going to find it. Yep. You know, yep. like the song, looking for love in all uh, the wrong places, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, it's what happens. That's right. And so th- when we look at the Bible, it, it, it's not just a book of metaphors that are told in stories, but it's a book of true stories that are actually metaphors that are pointing to a greater reality. When you take Absalom and King David, for example, here you have a father who is king over Israel and a son who rebels and wants to take over the kingdom. Does that sound familiar sounds to us? To, sounds familiar. Right. That's that's an object lesson of what Lucifer did. Right. He rebelled. And he wanted, wanted to, to take, take over, over God, king. yeah. God's kingdom and all of his people. And, what and, and, you know, the interesting thing is David allows him to rebel. Right. That's, that's amazing. God allows each one of us to make our own decision. He doesn't force us, and he, he watches in pain as we, as we hurt ourselves, but he allows that freedom. He also allows the freedom for us to come back to him. Yeah. So what about our Abraham on Mount Moriah and the willingness to give up his son? Was that, was that reality pointing a, a, a metaphor, but it was reality also, see? Right, because God gave Jesus, they made the decision together, and, and uh, yeah. he was willing to give up everything in order to, to win us back. And the one that intrigues me, how about the children of Israel coming out of Egypt? That was a reality, but it was also a big metaphor. In fact, I, I think that would be a great program. Maybe we'll do that next time. We'll, we'll run through the reality of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and, and see what that is a metaphor of. But today, let's focus on the story of Jesus cleansing the temple, because that's reality. 
but it points to something. First, what does the temple rep- represent? What did the metaphor point to? Well, 1 Corinthians thirteen sixteen begins like this. Surely you know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you. God will destroy anyone who destroys God's temple, for God's temple is holy, and you yourself are his temple. In 1 Corinthians six nineteen, it says, Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? and who was given to you by God, you do not belong to yourselves, but to God. Right. So God wants to reside in each one of us. But there's a problem. He can't if we are running our own selfish That's agenda. Right. So the Bible is full of stories where the Spirit of God left someone because they were running on their own agenda, and they refused God to the point of, of um, death, basically. Yeah, can, can you think of a couple? Well, how about King Saul? King Saul. Who else? And also Cain. Yeah, because see, God pleaded with both these men. Right. See, God's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He won't go where he's not welcome. So what temple then needs cleansing, in other words, to allow God into our hearts, into our mind, into our minds? It's it's the soul temple. It's our temple that needs to be cleansed. Right. And, and in this essence, we're inviting God's presence in. Right. We want We want <clears throat> him to come in. And he restores it back into the original plan. When, mm-hmm. You know, back in Eden, God created man and woman and everything was perfect. Then there was sin and everything became unperfect. So God is saying, I want to recreate Restore you, you. Back, back to that original design. Yeah. The original temple that I created in the beginning. Yeah. So let's look at Matthew and let's, let's, let's look at him. He, he cleansed the temple in the first part of his ministry. And then, and then at the end of his ministry. So he did it twice. In Matthew 21, 12, Jesus went into the t- temple and drove out all that were buying, buying and selling there. And I want you to pay attention to, to what he's driving out. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the stools of those who sold pigeons. Twenty-one thirteen, And he said to them, It is written in the scriptures that, my, that God said, My temple will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a hideout for thieves. What is, you want to read 21.14? Yes. Uh, the blind and the crippled came to him in the temple, and he healed them. The chief priests and the teachers of the law became angry when they saw the wonderful things he was doing, and the children singing in the temple praised to David's son. Isn't that okay, amazing? Okay, that, that's because he's got the ability to, the children come to him, but he's driving people out. So, so let's let's look at the 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 account in John, mm-hmm. and then let's double back and let's identify the characters. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So and the Jews, uh, John two thirteen, and the Jews Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and found in, in the temple those that sold auction oxen, sheep and doves, and the changers of money sitting. John two fifteen, and when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen, and poured out all the changers' money and overthrew the tables. And he said to them that sold doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. Now let's analyze and look at the characters that were expelled in the story. Okay, because this is where it gets interesting. Right. Okay, what what did he drive out? He drove out beasts, right? Yes. He drove out Pharisees, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And he drove out money changers, Mm -hmm. right? In fact, they were using... Temple currency, by the way, so so that they could make money off the poor people. It was kind of like 
what what's that called money laundering yeah, it's, yeah. it was an exchange yeah yeah so he's, we got beasts we got pharisees and we got money changers right okay so what would the beasts in the metaphor represent well, now this is reality but it's also a metaphor what they what would it represent if we're talking about what needs to be cleansed in the human heart mm-hmm. the beast would represent the animal passions right, right? our passions sensualism mm-hmm. right because mm-hmm. what do you got to do to get your pig to turn around in a circle Offer him a treat. Offer him a treat. Right. Yeah. And his his animal abilities, if he's offered a treat, his passion for hunger, right. his, you can his, teach him to turn around in his, a circle. His stomach rules his him. His stomach rules right. him. Yeah. So, okay. And so, so, the, so the beast would represent animal passions. What would the Pharisees in the me- metaphor represent? Well, I think that has to be the pride The issue. pride and the egoism, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. What would the money changers in the in the metaphor represent? Well, definitely greed and materialism. Greed and materialism. They mm-hmm. were being greedy. They were exchanging. They were they were predi- preying on the poor. Right, right. You For know. their advancement in right. with greed and and stuff. Yeah. Right. So who's left? The only thing, the only ones that are left are the needy and the children. And this is why Jesus said in Luke five thirty one, healthy people don't need a doctor; those who are sick do. And I've come to call sinners to change the way they think and act, not to call people who think they have God's approval. Wow. He wants to call sinners to change the way they think and they act. Don't you wish, because he can. Right. Don't you wish he could come in and he could drive out your sensualism, your egotism, and your materialism, and all that would be left up there is a little child? I wish that he could. there was a, a, <laughs> a switch, switch he could that flip. he could just flip and yeah. boom, it's done. But th- do you notice that the children are left? If we could, And you've got to become like little children to enter the kingdom of God. Right. Wow. It's that trusting of, trusting, of God. Trusting of God. Right. 2 Corinthians 6, 16 says, For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now, I'd like to read an author's commentary on these passage, passages because it's fascinating. In the cleansing of the temple, Jesus was announcing his mission as the Messiah, and entering upon his work. That temple, erected for the abode of the divine presence, was was designed to be an object lesson for Israel and the world. The courts of the temple at Jerusalem, filled with unholy traffic, represented all too truly the temple of the heart, defiled by the presence of sensual passion and unholy thoughts. In the cleansing of the temple from the world's buyers and sellers, Jesus announced his mission to cleanse the heart from the defilement of sin, from the earthly desires, the selfish lusts, the evil's habits that corrupt the soul. Now that's from a book called Desire of Ages, and it's fascinating how that author picked up on that. That's right. Um, and it makes you, um, it makes this next uh, passage really make sense that comes from Malachi. In fact, uh, we'll find that this cleansing of the heart theme throughout the Bible, right? Right. Um, because he's like the refiner's fire. He is like fuller soap. And he shall shift, shall, shall sift us as a refiner and, um, let's see, I'm sorry. He will sit and refine and purify us like silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi's and purge them as gold and silver. That's in Malachi 1.3. What, so what uh, does he need to purge us of? Yeah. He's a purchase of selfishness. Why? Because it'll kill us. That's right. And so that's why the story of the lepers are also metaphors pointing to a different reality, a greater reality yeah. beyond an earthly 
story. It's a it's a it's a great um, biblical theme. Yeah, leprosy is a nerve disorder that causes you to become numb. It's a great object lesson, also. Um, this nerve disorder, if, so in other words, your you, you, your extremities become numb, and you don't pull away from the things that can harm you because you lose your feeling. Right. You become more and more injured, but you can't feel it. So the flesh is slowly eaten away. Well, sin is a psychological disorder that mm-hmm. causes you to become numb, mm-hmm. and you don't pull away from things that can harm you also because you lose your feeling also. Right. You become more and more injured, but you can't feel it. So your soul is slowly eaten away. Now notice and it, it's interesting because lepers were kind of um they, Yeah. They were separated they because were separated. leprosy is contagious. Yeah. And so is sin. Yeah, so let's uh let's look at these accounts real quick. I think we got time to look at them both. Okay, Matthew 8:1. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me, make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will thou be clean. And immediately he le- his leprosy was cleansed. Nice. Luke 5.11, And when they brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. And it came to pass, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who, seeing Jesus, fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou will, thou can make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. Now, uh, what do you notice about both of these? Is the leper asked Jesus to make him clean. Right. So it's it's only Christ that can cleanse the soul temple. But he will not force the entrance. By contrast, he does not come in like like um, he did in the story. But he says, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him." And that's Revelation three twenty. That's right. This is God's message to His end time church and to us as individuals. Why is He knocking? Because He's on the outside. Mm-hmm. Do we have the courage to say? like the lepers did, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. 1 Peter 2.5 says, Come as living stones and let yourself be used in building the spiritual temple, where you will serve as holy priests to offer spiritual and acceptable sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ. God wants us to be renewed by the, to, to be changed by the renewing of our minds. Yeah, yeah. Be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed right. by the renewing of your mind. Right. Right? Now, some of this stuff that we were talking about today, like we mentioned, is contained in the book, Could It Be This Simple? A Biblical Model for Healing the Mind by Dr. Timothy Jennings. The book focuses on how the brain works and what our, uh, what role our fearful carnal nature plays and how with continued use the brain expands the neural network and that we can be healed from the infection of fear and selfishness. Now, if you want to, uh, you want one of these books or we got a whole load of our new workbooks in also. If you, uh, so if you want resources, shoot us a call at 916-645-1297. And, you know, even though the, our, our workbook is, is called Clean Seven Steps to Freedom from Addiction, it's, it's for anything in life. It's for anything. Right. Yeah, uh, because you ha- we all suffer from those genetic vulnerabilities that we talked about. 
sensualism, egoism, and materialism. Right. We all we all have that um, that bent, a bent somewhere. <laughs> right. You know that, and and we all use that as our medicate medication mechanism. Mm-hmm. You know, some in one in some areas, and and some more in other areas. Right. You know, our jobs, our jobs. You know, our our, our possessions. Yeah. There's all sorts of things that can that can cause uh, us to be derailed from God's original plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's all an empty vessel. It's That's all right. an empty vessel. Now, if you're new to the program, you can also go to our website and listen to the programs that have already been aired. That's www.justasiamministries.org, and click the Listen Now button, and uh, you can catch these programs that have uh, that have already been aired. Um, and we just want to thank you for listening and stopping by today. And just remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle, and the other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Do I love them? Can I feel his pain and his Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain? If you or someone you know is living in the captivity of addiction and having trouble finding freedom, Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that God does work miracles. They've created a seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the addiction recovery workbook for yourself, someone you know, or your church, Call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com and they'll send one to you. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. Contact them at 916-645-1297 or online at justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.